But <laughs> what do you think about that statement alone? And let's just think, let's say in the realm of fitness, the voluntary suffering in regards to fitness. I know it's something that's kind of vague. Maybe we need to define it first. What do you think voluntary suffering is? I mean, I think it's it's doing the hard stuff, the stuff that's just not going to come easy mm-hmm. outside your comfort zone. I mean, I think of it more as like, I like that going being uncomfortable. Yeah. So I said activities that suck while you're doing them, but you know are good for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like, yeah, I think voluntary suffering has to mean that you're going to, there's something good that's going to come out of it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's, maybe it's not immediate, but maybe it's just the satisfaction that you did it. Right. You're listening to the Addicted to Fitness podcast, brought to you by Elemental Training Tampa. Now, here's your hosts, Nick and Shannon Birch. Thanks for stopping by and checking out another edition of the Addicted to Fitness podcast. We have a interesting topic to discuss this week the idea of voluntary voluntary suffering not voluntary <laughs> voluntary makes yeah. you cry. voluntary suffering the concept of is it a good thing or a bad thing and do we need more of it in our life we'll kind of uh explain that topic more when we get into the meat of the podcast but before that we want to thank you guys for listening, coming in and joining this podcast. And if you're first time listeners, welcome. And for all those guys who are uh, guys and gals that have been listening for years and years, all over 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 the 270 so episodes we've done, welcome back. Yes. Uh, if you haven't done so already, uh, please give us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts or on your preferred co- podcast app. That really does help more people help discover or it helps us be more discoverable. Discoverable? Discoverable. Discoverable to people looking for podcasts about fitness. So do us a solid rating and review, please and thank you. So training <laughs> recap. Would you like me to go first or you go first? Uh, you can go first. I'll go first. Gentleman always goes first, right? That's what they say. Yes, um, that's definitely so how we roll. Another good week of training. Back to five days this week. We're not back. Got in five days this week. Two bikes, two kettlebell, two kettlebells, and two, and I can't even count or add right now. Apparently, two kettlebells, two bikes, and a body weight right in the middle. Nice. But I also got to go to the sauna twice this week definitely a slow week um as far as work it's kind of like a weird limbo week right before kids go back to school people are taking vacations so it's like people are trying to get in our last vacations before school starts and stuff so a little bit of light week this week but was able to do my recovery and uh was uh went to the the sauna again twice this week no uh no interesting conversations in the sauna this week so um it wasn't uh, i don't have anything to report um but you know uh, i did get a couple of those in and like i said in addition to the sauna i also get into the pool and do some laps underwater and i think uh i think the pool is maybe 25 25 yards or so which I think yards are shorter than meters, I think. 
I know they're close, but Sounds I think meters right. is actually just a little bit longer. Anywho, but I think I can do, well, I know I do at least one length underwater. So helping with my uh, kind of my breath hold capacity, my lung capacity. So yeah, that's something I love doing. And back in the day when I was swimming a lot, like when I was young in like grade school and high school, I could do 50 meters underwater. Wow. So I was pretty pretty stoked about that. That's awesome. So, yep. So I'm going to keep working on that. And here's to another week of good training. Yeah. How about yourself? Well, I did a couple days on the bike. And I did the booty boot camp, mm-hmm. which is always, always yeah. good and intense. So and I also, I did a test. I took a bath with Epsom salts uh-huh. after the heavy strength training booty boot camp day, mm-hmm. like on the same day. My legs aren't sore today. Nice. So I really do think when you do like a heavy strength training day, and I mean, you you saw me. We I pushed the weight on my exercises. Right. I was using like yeah. the top weight options that you gave. You did. So I didn't, I took, I went hard and my legs were exhausted. Yes. You know, yesterday, mm-hmm. um, after all of that, but because I did like a half an hour soak in the tub, my legs aren't sore. Nice. That was so, like you said, we were talking about that last week or the week before. Yeah. And that was, I was going to test it and mm-hmm. I was going to see, was it just like specific to that workout? Cause last week my legs were burned Mm -hmm. out and the week prior to that i had done the same thing where i'd taken a bath right and i was so happy that that you know i didn't have the first two days of the week i felt like my legs were burned out this past like the previous week right so that was why i actually i didn't start training again until like wednesday and then i also did like um i did a little bit of yoga and one morning, and then I did a little bit of just like core and push up, different types of push ups, mm-hmm. which is always my go to when I'm not getting in any other kind of activity. Mm-hmm. It's always nice to do just, you know, I do a push up, I do a press up, I do a diamond push up, yep. and then I do like um, just the. The small little um, like tricep dips, yeah. but like without being elevated, I do the bar ones where you're just kind of keeping your butt off the ground, uh-huh. but your feet are planted on the right. ground. Yeah, yeah. And it's you're not doing a bridge, but you're just you kind of look like, look like tiny an L. little. You look like a little L laying down. You. So you're sitting straight up like this, right? Yeah. Doing it. Nobody yeah. Can, so but you're see. you're engaging your core, but you're bending your knees. This is what you do in bar. So yeah, you're oh, sitting like that, like but you're lifting off. You don't lift your hips up. Okay. But you have to lift yourself off the ground so your butt's not on the ground, and then you do tiny little dips. It's like, like a you crab actually, position. it is. It's similar yeah. to a crab, but mm-hmm. you're very pointedly trying to keep your hips like down and just lift it off the ground. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's ever done a bar workout, those freaking things burn like you do 20 of those your muscles are screaming you might as well have just done like 
a thousand mm -hmm. weights. It's amazingly intense. So I did those and then the, and then my core work and it was, I mean, I was sweating. I was, that was, that's a good just go to when you want to pick two areas to focus on. I love those. Nice. So I got a little bit of strength in and honestly, you know, got in the bathing suit to do some pool time this weekend. I felt good. Nice. You look good too. Oh, thanks. Mm -hmm. So um, that kind of discussion always we always go over our training. So, and it kind of leads nicely into this topic of voluntary suffering. So this whole concept or that phrase I discovered. Um, I saw uh, somebody retweeted uh, uh, basically a tweet from Tim Ferriss, and I don't know if you guys know who Tim Ferriss is kind of a new age like what they call biohacker he's like kind of just really he's he's someone who's like simplifies things like diet and exercise in order to give people like the just kind of the real uh bullet points of what you really need to get a, to get some effective results in those different areas he's also kind of like a business guru and he's an investment uh, an investment guru and stuff like that but he basically put a tweet out and it says, I'm going to read it verbatim so we can get onto this idea of voluntary suffering. He said, the more voluntary suffering you build into your life, the less involuntary suffering will affect your life. So, and I put it out on my Instagram, ET Tampa, E-T-T-A-M-P-A. And I asked people, I was like, if you, do you agree with this statement in regards to fitness? Um, do you think the more voluntary suffering you build in in regards to fitness uh, results in less involuntary suffering in regards to fitness? So, and uh, didn't have a huge amount of participants, um, but most people said yes. A few people said no. But <laughs> what do you think about that statement alone? And let's just think, let's stay in the realm of fitness. The voluntary suffering in regards to fitness. I know it's something that's kind of vague. Maybe we need to define it first. What do you think voluntary suffering is? I mean, I think it's it's doing the hard stuff. The stuff that's just not going to come easy mm -hmm. outside your comfort zone. I mean, I think of it more as like, I like that going being uncomfortable. Yeah. So I said activities that suck while you're doing them, but you know are good for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so I mean, like, yeah, I think voluntary suffering has to mean that you're going to there's something good that's going to come out of it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's, maybe it's not immediate, but maybe it's just the satisfaction that you did it. Right. And like the, in like his statement, Tim Ferriss' statement about the more voluntary suffering you do, the more in, you know, less likely involuntary suffering will affect your life. Right. So the concept of, and we've kind of talked about it, it's like hard more, things. Yeah. The more kind of difficult things you try to accomplish when things do actually get hard or you go through, you know, troubles or things like that, you'll be more prepared for them. So that involuntary suffering won't affect your not your life as much. Yeah. You know, it won't it you know, so you can be prepared. It helps you be more prepared in my opinion. That's what he was trying to express through that statement. Yeah. So we wanted to kind of define some voluntary suffering activities mm -hmm. so i put it out on to the instagram also et tampa e 
A-M-P-A. And I put out several different activities to see if people who follow me think they are voluntary suffering activities or not. And I'd like to get your feedback, you think, if they are or not. Okay. So the first one is something we already mentioned this episode. Sauna. Sauna. What do you think? I would say yes, because I don't think it's a normal state for us to be in. Like where we're, I mean, for anyone who's ever gone into a sauna, you're uncomfortable. I think Mm -hmm. anything that makes you uncomfortable also could be voluntary suffering. Right. So this one said, what's that? For good. For good. So 55% of the people said yes, sauna is voluntary suffering. And 45% said no. So it was about split halfway down the middle. Yeah. And I, I think for all of these, I had about around 16 participants for each one. Yeah. So I agree. I think sauna, being someone who's been doing sauna as of late mm-hmm. is definitely voluntary suffering. It's not something I would go out on a, uh, I know it's good for me. That's why I'm doing it. But it, yeah. does, it is challenging. I mean, there's parts, where, there's portion times when I'm getting down to the ends. I like set a timer for myself, whether it be like 16 minutes or something, or 18 minutes, or I'm trying to get to, and like the last two minutes, I'm just like tr- trying to tell myself to focus and you know just breathe deep and everything because it, it's it's a challenge. I'll tell you yeah. that for now. So, all right. So the next one I threw up to people, uh, ice bath. Ice bath. So what do you think? Voluntary I would suffering? definitely say yes. Yeah. It's kind and of I, interesting. They're sort of extremes of the same right. thing. Like you a know, temperature hot, extreme. Hot, 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 cold, cold, cold. But it's interesting because the numbers are not the same. <laughs> uh, 77% of people said yes, ice bath is voluntary suffering. And only 23% said no. So, I mean, it's like compared to sauna, we had about 20 more percent, 22 more, actually 22% more people thought it, ice baths were more voluntary suffering. You ever done an ice bath? Um, I think gotten, I did once, yeah. And plus, you've gotten cold water too before. Yeah, I've gone in cold water. Right. Which, I mean, to be honest, that was how I grew up. Right. In yeah. New England. I mean, I've done ocean. ice bath, and it's like I remember the uh, the temperature Freaking got down cold, to probably 50s, you know, when yeah. I did it in the tub. I used to, you know, we fill our bathtub, our old school bathtub up. Our old the, the bathtub in our old house with and then get packs of ice and put it in there. So I've taken involuntary ice baths as well because oh, yeah. I've fallen into bodies of water that were frozen. Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah, hey, New yeah. England child. Yeah. We uh, we went when we went um, whitewater rafting in Colorado. Myself and some buddies, they told us that this water was snow about twelve hours ago, and literally we had our feet in and our feet were frozen by the end of this. Oh. So. Yeah, that was kind of it. But once again, I do like ice baths. I think when for recovery, uh, of, when you compare it to cryotherapy, in my opinion, ice, ice baths are more, in my opinion, are more productive or better for recovery. All right. So the next one is something you and I have both done, triathlon. Oh. So triathlon, voluntary suffering or not? I don't think so. No. Interesting. Why is it? Why do you say? Why do you say that? Because I feel like it's one of those things where the training to do it 
might be voluntary suffering. But the actual, but the actual process, I mean, you're running on endorphins like half yeah. the time, which the, is one um, of the best like bonus sides of doing like a race that length. Right. So, I mean, it's hard. I could, I can see why it would probably be maybe. I was going to say sprint triathlon, maybe not as much voluntary suffering as yeah, the full, Ironman. A full triathlon. Yes. That would definitely be <laughs> an Ironman, which includes a marathon and yeah, over 130 I mean, miles on a bike. But I feel like the people you talk to who do those, it's the same thing. Like if you've prepared for it, if you've trained for it, you have done the voluntary suffering to prepare you for that race. Yeah. Interesting. And it's, so it's maybe it's the a, triathlon training. It's like a high. <laughs> yeah. Like actually doing it once that, like that starting gun fires you're running on like high. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I would say, I don't know how long that high lasts into the two mile swim that you have to do. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, people kind of, this was a lot closer, about a half and half split. 55% of people said, yes, triathlon is voluntary suffering. 45% said no. So yeah. I think you bring up a good point about not only is it length of triathlon mm -hmm. that kind of dictates it, but also you're right. I think the, tr the training itself is a little bit more voluntary suffering. Yeah. Because you know the end result is what you want is to complete the competition itself. Yeah, you're doing the, the whole reason you're doing all the training is just to compete. Right. Exactly. And to finish, mm -hmm. like, that's that's it. Most people, at least. So this one was interesting, especially the results. Battle ropes. So if anybody's familiar with the big ropes, they see people like kind of, uh, they look like ropes you see down at the dock and stuff like that, and people swing them around and use them for exercise at the gym. Um, what do you think? Voluntary suffering to do battle ropes? I mean... It's hard. Right? It's hard. Absolutely. It is. It's hard. It definitely gets your heart rate up. I mean, that that was the very first thing when I when we did our it's very definitely first not my favorite Girl thing. Scout cookie challenge where I had to eat four cookies and then burn it off the calories yes. associated with it. I did battle ropes and squat jumps. So it was uh, definitely a challenge, I would say that. So uh, so uh, most people agree also. 63% uh, of people said yes. Battle ropes are voluntary suffering. 37% said no. All right, my final, oh no, I got two more, two more. So I wanted to try to get something that was fitness related but not necessarily exercise related. So maybe do something that's hard but you know it's good for you. Um, so I said sober October. So basically taking a whole month off of any type of, I mean this one was probably specifically no alcohol for a month. So what do you think about that? It's interesting because we just talked about kind of alcohol I know. consumption. Already. And I kind of think that this is not... I realize for people that have an addiction, it could be classified as voluntary suffering. Right. But um, I, I don't know. I don't think it is. Right. Well, uh, the thing is too, and I don't know even... It, I think it's definitely it's your your social because it's a big thing about social like social gatherings, mm -hmm. you know. Especially I was probably in the younger age group where I think you know alcohol is a big part of it. So um, obviously I got to see who voted for what, but I'm not going to share that. But it could it was definitely kind of 
fell along age group lines, honestly. Yeah. Um, so in the responses, 60% of people said, yes, Sober October is voluntary suffering, but 40% said, no, it's not. So a little bit more of an even split. But I agree. It's, uh, I think as you kind of get older, uh, you realize how it's, it, it's uh, alcohol. You can do without it. It, you know, obviously there are individuals who have the addiction, uh, which is a whole nother kind of concept um, or a whole nother probably discussion. But uh, yes, I can see where uh, where uh, uh, it could be voluntary something for some people. All right, the last one, and this one was kind of for my own, really my, I want to say my own well-being, but what I really want to kind of see what people said, uh, daily mobility work. So doing mobility movements, stretching on a daily basis. No days off. Okay. What do you think? Do you think that's voluntary suffering? I would say it's hard. Mm-hmm. So it might not be it might not be the hardest thing, but I do think to establish a habit like that for anything is hard so and it it is like it you're constantly having to the whole point of mobility and stretching is that you're increasing mobility which means you have to push yourself farther than you were the day before Mm -hmm. you have to kind of push yourself past your comfort level so i would say that that qualifies definitely i agree like you said, if it, if it didn't qualify, everybody would be super flexible and super Exactly. Mobile, Nobody would know? have any mobility issues. <laughs> so it's all like, be like Gumby. So I know that's a fact. Um, and it's interesting, though, because based on the, the, the survey, only uh, you know 30% of people thought it was voluntary suffering. Let me double I just clicked off. Yes. So about eh, approximately 40% of people thought it was voluntary suffering, where 60% of people said it wasn't voluntary suffering. So kind of makes me makes me a somewhat happy or satisfied maybe is the right word that maybe people aren't so opposed to mobility work nowadays which is a good idea being not being opposed to it's one thing doing it is another thing so just some topics do you think can you think of anything off the top of your head that would be voluntary suffering in regards to fitness voluntary suffering in regards to fitness um, Maybe something nutrition-wise? Well, I mean, like, cutting down sugar. Yeah. Or even, like, a food group. Like, a, you know, we talk about a lot, even whether maybe a dairy or or no red meat or yeah. just eliminating a whole food group, whether it be for... It's kind of along you know, the same lines of alcohol, really. Yeah. Because... I mean, I guess in that way we can say that cutting down alcohol could be voluntary suffering because if your comfort level is to have it all the time and you're pushing beyond that, you're restricting yourself from that item, that would be hard. That would be a challenge. Yeah. And even though it may be very justified for its reasoning, it would still be like a health improvement. So yeah, sugar... Alcohol, for some people that, you know, trying to cut back on carbs. Yeah. Dairy. Yeah. I mean, Dairy, it processed could be, meats, yeah. And I mean, I will say that because, because I went vegan, I went to the 
basically like a super um, restrictive diet at one point in my life, I do feel like if I needed to again, I'm very comfortable going back towards that again. And like sometimes I push myself a little bit outside my comfort zone to to be more, you know, plant-based, like more restrictive. Right. So it is true, you know, from that fashion. I feel like I have a much wider range of ability because I did push myself out of my comfort zone before. Yeah, and I think that that concept of you, like I said, being comfortable with being uncomfortable or moving outside your comfort zone is probably a phrase a lot of people hear. Um, That's kind of, they really, it it aligns with the idea of voluntary suffering because you always learn and adapt when you push outside your normal boundaries. And I think that's kind of the key with growing not only whether it be, you know, you know, kind of spiritually or mentally or physically, you got to push past boundaries, yeah. you know, um, because that, that's the only way you're going to realize your potential, you know, you're, you're where you can set, you, get, you, you find one finish line. If you go through that finish line, it's like you're not going to stop there. You got to find the next finish line and keep pushing the boundaries, keep yep. seeing what your body is capable of. So and if you keep testing yourself like that, as we already said earlier, when things do happen, where the involuntary suffering comes into your life, whether it be, you know, hopefully nothing like a heart attack or maybe a car accident, something like that. I mean, I'm just talking about extremes. There's definitely some smaller examples, but um, you'll be prepared. Yeah. So, and it's a, it's an important thing is to keep, you know, add voluntary suffering into your life in order to be prepared for those those times where suffering is something that it's out of your control. Yeah. So Great. I think it's a it's an interesting concept and it definitely applies both to fitness. Mm-hmm. All right. Great job. I'm glad we kind of tackled the concept of voluntary suffering. Like I would say I'm borderline pumped that we covered it. <laughs> and you know what else has got us pumped? The actual section called... What's got us pumped? Exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So since I did first in the train recap, I'm going to have you go first in what's got us pumped. Yes. So what's got me pumped is it's a thing and it's also a website. Um, so this is my birthday month. August is my birthday month. Yay. Happy birthday, me. Happy birthday. And I'm a big celebrator in of of birthday months versus a day because even though I like to acknowledge my birthday always having been a summer birthday babe yeah people are not around for your birthday (laughs) in August I mean you talked about how like a lot of your clients have been taking vacations and you know have other things planning Mm -hmm. I've seen the same thing and dear goodness when I was younger I could not have birthday parties. Nobody was around because my birthday happened to be right before school came, like went back. Right, right. Everybody was taking vacations. I that sticks with me now, and like you get to pick, like do little celebrations, kind of all over the months, and it just—I don't know—it extends the celebration. Like you can do. A bunch of little things versus just one concentrated day. And it also takes a lot of pressure off the actual birthday. 
Um, so as part of that, that's, I guess, a little tangent, but, <laughs> um, we celebrated my birthday with my parents today cause they're going out of town. They're leaving mm-hmm. the day after my birthday. Uh, and they got me gifts. One of those gifts was a, an art print. Now, I am super picky about art. I don't find art easily that I like enough to put on a wall. Um, so a lot of times we don't have like tons of art. We have more photography. I found this artist on this website and I have now like really fallen in love with this website because it's just a bunch of independent artists. You can search by artist, you can search mm-hmm. by style. Um, and I happened to be served this particular painting and it just, I, I just fell in love with it. And I was like, it's a vibe. It's a color palette. It's, uh, like, you know, it like immediately triggers my imagination and like has me thinking about beautiful places and relaxing things and, it's called Peaceful Morocco 2, and it's by an artist called um, Sabina Fenn. And my mom got me a pretty decent size. I think she got me like the 18 by 24 inch. Oh, I think it's bigger print. than that. 18 by 20. I mean, 24 is two feet. Yeah, but I think it's bigger than that. Really? 24 by 32? Yeah. I think, well, I think it's probably about 24 by 30. Yeah, it could be 24 by 32 or 24 by 36. Might be. Yeah. Um, it'd be 24 by 32. But either way, it's it's a good size print. Mm-hmm. And she got it framed and it's just, I mean, it brought me so much joy to see it in real life. Yeah. And it just goes to show that like sometimes, I'm I'm not a minimalist, but I have minimalist tendencies I tend to throw things out a lot mm-hmm. and not get overly attached to things, but a really beautiful something that can sort of set a tone and can trigger your imagination, like a, like a print, a mm-hmm. painting, a piece of art. I forget sometimes how important that is, how just looking at an image can change your whole like state right and can influence how you feel in a space and i asked for it because i realized like i have i have a home office that's also our like joint sort of workout room um and cat's litter box room but i've not done one single thing to that room beyond put up curtains right and i was like i i need to do something in here I need to make it feel more like a space I want to be in. And so that's why I asked for it. And it just made me really happy. And the website that I found it on, I actually, I have some other things. And I like being able to sort by artist because there's some other ones Uh that I really like that are by the same artist and there's, they also offer like similar recommendations. 
so you can discover other artists. And I just like that it's independent artists. You're supporting people that, you know, you, you're not necessarily going to go find the same thing in like Michael's mm -hmm. or Target or something like that. Nothing against those, those art if that's what you like. But it's called Fi. Um, the website is I am Fi. It's literally I A M F Y dot co. So you can go over there and check it out. Their prints are really reasonable. And I love the fact that they are supporting independent artists. Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons I like sites like Minted. And I will pay a little bit more money for my holiday cards if I know that like independent artists get a little bit of the money from that. You know, it's it's better than going out and buying a mass-produced something. Right. In my that's opinion. Cool. So that's cool. Yeah, I like, stuff is cool. I like that I angle. Yeah, and Nick already found a print that he found very interesting. It's interesting, but like I said, I like those better. I like her stuff, the one that the original artist or the artist we've already got, the one Do you thing. like that one? I do. It's very cool. I like cool. that has a piano in it. Yep. But cool. That's pumped. That's We're got both me pumped, pumped about that. Um, something that's got, I think, probably both of us pumped also is uh, we discovered that at home rapid COVID tests are yes. pretty reliable and um, are available um, <laughs> in our area, which is good because our area has seen a large, a very big surge in COVID cases as of late. Um, mm -hmm. so I had the uh, pleasure of, uh, in coming in contact with somebody that tested positive recently. So I went through my due diligence to try to get a test. And luckily this person who tested positive was, uh, also turned me on to some, uh, tests you can buy at local drugstore. I find them, I found them at CVS. Um, I think they're available CVS nationwide. Um, that are pretty reliable as far as rapid tests. Um, you know, so the brand I bought was uh, the brand that makes it or the company that makes it is Abbott and they're called Binax Now. Hmm. B-I-N-A-X Now. And they are rapid COVID tests. Um, so they, uh, they come, the, the one I bought, the Binax, has uh, two tests. You take it, and it gives you all the instruction on how to do it. It is a nasal swab test. Um, gives you all the supplies you need. Uh, and then it basically, the procedure is if you're positive, it's a high likelihood that you're positive uh, if the test comes back positive. I mean, according to their, their fact sheet in there, it's, it, they, in clin clinical trials, uh, it predicted or it discovered that 85% of the people that tested positive were actually positive for COVID. And... For the one people that tested negative, and they have a two-step negative process, so I'll go in, over in a second. But those who tested negative uh, were over ninety-five percent found to be negative of COVID nineteen. So pretty reliable, pretty high numbers. And like I said, the individual who happened to be in the medical field recommended these for me. So, um, so the process with the Binax is they give you two tests. You take it if you're positive, most likely positive. Um, if you're negative, they give you another test that you have to take at least 36 hours or you have to minimum of 36 hours after the first test to confirm you're negative. 
So I took that. I got, you know, I did that process negative both times. Thankfully, actually, <laughs> in between that 36-hour period, I actually went to a local community COVID testing. They had just opened it up in our community once again for free COVID testing, waited in line, got all the way to the front, and it was the exact same test that I had just had <laughs> at like, home. Oh it was the Binax Now test. Yes. So um, I took three rapid tests in three days, and all of them were negative. So How's your nose feeling? My nose is feels abused. I'll tell you that right <laughs> now. So um, uh, we uh, it seems that at-home rapid tests for COVID are available. Um, yeah. Walgreens, CVS, and Walmart all sell certain brands. Um, I think the Binax is at at least the Walmart and... I think I, I think the Binax is at all three, CVS, Walgreens, and Walmart. Um, they also uh, have a, another brand called Elum, Elum, E-L-L-U-M-E. Um, so, and that's actually has, um, I've been reading a MIT review of these tests and these have, that has very high ratings too, as far as accuracy for positive and negative, both were over 95% predicting people who are positive being positive and negative being negative. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a great tool for someone like me who I didn't have any symptoms. I was just potentially exposed where I don't have to go to a hospital, I don't have to go to an urgent care and take up that time for, or take up that space for probably someone who usually has symptoms and goes to see those people. So, yeah. and I think they're really prioritizing people too. Um, they get a lot of questionnaires, like especially for CVS and Walgreens, it's a big questionnaire you have to answer and it includes being vaccinated or not. I feel like they're probably not prioritizing people especially if you have no symptoms and are vaccinated, they're probably going to maybe not even offer time for you or at least not next day, like timing for a test or something like that. You know? Yeah. And I mean, the truth is like what happened to us, we had people we were going to go see mm-hmm. like the night you found out Yeah, and you came home, you took the test. It was negative, right? but we still, you like, Every person we came into contact with this weekend, essentially, we talked to first. Mm-hmm. And we said, you know, he's he's taking the test. He's negative each day. There's been a test. He's negative. Um, there's no symptoms. Like, there was a lot of self-checking. Yep. And I think really what it comes down to is that, like, if you're a vaccinated individual, um, despite what you might hear people say the truth is and the data still is supporting yes you can get it yes you can transmit it but it's a much smaller number right and like yes there are people who get covid and you know have to go into the hospital but it's a very small number so you think about that it means that the vaccine is not a cure and that we all have to self-report more than like reporting to somebody else. We have to, we have to take responsibility for ourselves. If you are a person who went and got the vaccine, you still can infect other people. So even if you don't get it that bad, it's one of those things you have to be responsible about 
giving it to other people. Yeah. And you have to take ownership of yourself. If you have it and you are miraculously asymptomatic or you have extremely mild symptoms, you might miss it, yes. But having these kinds of tests right. makes it so much more right. easy and like almost second nature when you say you find out you've been in contact with someone who does have it, go test yourself. Right. You know, wait like 24 hours, 36 hours, then go test yourself. Right. Be responsible, limit your exposure as much as you can. I mean, even if you have to go out in the world, just do your best and take as much, you know, ownership of yourself as you can. Mm-hmm. Wear, wear a mask, you know, hopefully if you're, if you're able to do that. I mean, I know that this is not going to be everybody that agrees with this. But I think that it was just an important point. We felt a lot more comfortable going about our lives knowing that there was regular check-ins and that if something were to happen, we were prepared to drop everything and just, you know, completely cut off activity and keep ourselves separated. Right. True. And like I said, it's a great tool now to have at our disposal. So... Uh, you guys buy next now and then alum elum e l l u m e so um so what, buy next was the, about $23 I was going to say was like $43 so yeah oh and also if we can just make the make the recommendation please do not go to your local CVS or Walmart or whatever and wipe out their entire right. stock of this yeah if you need it take what you need in that time and then go back and check, like make a habit every time you go to one of those stores, check in, like grab one, but do not wipe out their stock right. because we are going through a surge in cases right now, pretty much everywhere. Right. And as we all remember with the TP scare of 2020, huh. I literally have an ornament on our Christmas tree now dedicated to that craziness. Mm-hmm. Just take what you need. Yep. Agreed. Great advice and a great episode. Uh, if you guys think so, give us a rating review. Let us know how we did and how, how we can make the future podcast better. Better? Better. Better. How do we make it better? You got anything else for him tonight? Nope. This has been another edition of the Addicted to Fitness Podcast, and we'll check you next time. Bye. For all things Addicted to Fitness, you can check out our website, addictedtofitnesspodcast.com. You can also give us a follow on Twitter at the ATF Podcast and like and follow the Addicted to Fitness Podcast Facebook page. Last but not least, please give us a rating and review in the iTunes store. Thanks.